1: Cynthia Hyatt.
2: Well, good afternoon. Thank you so much for joining me today. I hope your Sunday is going well, and that you're really being prepared for this upcoming week. And so, if you're not able to listen to the show in its entirety, you can always go to my website at cynthiahyatt.com. You can also look on any of your favorite podcast server. We're on most of those. You can also go to 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk Radio's website. And they have the shows there as well. So we are doing the second half of how to be motivated and stay inspired. And why would this be important? Well, you're alive for a reason. And God made you for a reason. And you're here for a reason. And so motivation and inspiration help us live out the call that God has on our life. And all of us have one. It's all very unique to each individual person, but we all have one. And so I like to say to people, we motivate to inspire and we inspire to motivate. And this is really important to understand that motivation and inspiration work very, very well together. And so I liked this quote, Thomas Carlyle, I I, um, told it to you all last week, and it says, let him who would be moved to convince others be first moved to convince himself. So what really is motivation? Well, what we talked about last week is that it's this inner drive to behave or act in a certain manner. It causes me to have inertia, to move forward, to make a change, or to change something else. And these inner conditions that we have, this inner drive that we have, it's wishes or desires, goals, and it activates us to move in a particular direction in behavior. And so inspiration is, is that act of somebody, you know, getting this idea. They, they are all, all of a sudden have a moment of inspiration that they need to create something. They, and then it motivates them to change something. So I think it's really important for you to ask yourself what motivates you and what, what demotivates you? What gets in the way of inertia for you? And so think about the concept of motivation and inspiration. Something very special about being able to motivate and inspire others to accomplish good and meaningful exploits. And so in order to do this, you have to believe in what you're doing and not be ashamed or self-conscious about promoting it. And there must be passion. So I'm very passionate about my job. I'm passionate about this radio show. I like to inspire. I like to motivate people. I want them to be the best version that they could possibly be. And so I say to people, I can't produce or sustain outside of me what is not inside of me. So it's an inner job first. It starts internally. Because see, the outside emanates from the inside. So we work from the inside out. So how do we, how do we stay personally motivated and inspired? Well, ask yourself, do you, have, do you believe in? do you have faith in what you're doing? And so this is what's so important when you are considering a change, you're considering taking on an idea, endeavoring on an exploit, that you have to really believe in what you're doing. You can't have it come from the outside of people, you know, telling you and believing in you and you being convinced of it. So this is really important that we really understand this, this whole, you know, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, And it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. So this is one of these important things. If you feel like you don't have inspiration or motivation, and it doesn't have to be like, you know, the president of the United States or something. It just has to be what God is asking you to do. Why are you here? What's the point of your life? And I would encourage you to ask God for that. I would not encourage you to necessarily find out, you know, try to figure it out all on your own. This is something that you really want to ask your creator. Why am I here? What is the point of my life? Why did you create me? So this is one of the most important questions that you want to be asking God, other than salvation, obviously. So you need to, re- to really think about what personally motivates and inspires you. And do you have habits, behaviors that sabotage that passion, that motivation? Are you getting in your own way? So think about, you know, it's kind of like what, what is your kryptonite, right? Are my priorities in order? How do I handle criticism? What other things can I do that are uniquely inspiring and motivating to me? Well, I like this saying that I came up with, I have to think enough about myself so that I don't have to think about myself. So when I honor myself, then I get out of my own way. And it's really imperative that because you're with yourself 24 hours a day, seven days a week forever, you want to be your own best friend. So you don't want to be your worst enemy. So we talked a lot last week about inside of you. What's your internal world like? And, you know, I had this this great just vision, not vision, but what idea that God gave me. And this was, it was fascinating. Because he was saying to me, you know, you invited me to live in, in your internal home. And I said, yes, I did. So he came. He lives here inside of me. And he said, well... What's your internal home like? And I thought to myself, wow, there might be a lot of yelling and swearing in here, right? Maybe anger, maybe, I don't know, condemnation. And I thought, wow, if he's living in here with me, I probably need to clean it up a little bit. I probably need to be a good host, right? So I work really hard on my internal home because everything that goes on internally is going to be, in some way or another, externalized. And so that's one of the easiest and best, quickest ways to conquer self, is to take care of you inside of you. Are you nice to yourself? Are you kind to yourself? Are you forgiving of yourself? You see, this is why God does this, because it works. When he's compassionate, when he's gracious to us, We heal. We get better. So beating yourself up, condemning yourself, hating yourself, is being your own worst enemy. And it's going to cripple you. So I want you to think about, am I being helpful to me? The same thing as maintaining your car, right? If I don't put gas in it, it's not going to be able to go anywhere. If I don't make sure the oil is changed, the tires are checked, it can't take me where it needs, where I need to go. So if I don't value me enough to maintain and sustain a good working condition, it won't matter how talented I am, won't matter how intelligent I am, won't matter how much people like me. I'm not going to be able to get anywhere. So this maintaining and sustaining you is your number one priority. See, we do this for little children until they grow up and they do it for themselves. So, this is painful, this next one. you got to live your values. And I like this quote from C.S. Lewis. It says, pain is God's megaphone to a deaf world. And I'm always telling people, pain is the greatest motivator. So one of the ways that I measure the level of pain somebody is in is how much they are willing to change. So everybody has a different pain tolerance. Some things are less painful to me that may be excruciating to you. Some pain I can tolerate, some I can't. But pain is always a great motivator. This is why it's so imperative that you really don't give up on yourself. And Prime Minister Winston Churchill, when he addressed the Harrow School October 29th, I think, 1941, he said, but for everyone, surely, what we have gone through in this period, I'm addressing myself to the school, surely from this period of 10 months, this is the lesson, and here's the lesson, never give in, never give in, never, 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 in nothing, great or small, large or petty, never give in, except to convictions of honor and good sense. Never yield to force. Never yield to an apparently overwhelming might of the enemy. And so then he goes on to talk about the the terrible days of war and when they had no hope and when they were dealing with this unmeasured menace of an enemy. You see, no matter what the day looks like, tomorrow is still ahead. So how, this is a saying that God gave me, how blessed is the day that lives to see our victory behind us. What a great day that is when we get to look behind, we get to look back and see the victories that God has done in our life. So this is really imperative because Winston Churchill is talking about dark days. And what, what is a dark day for you? I mean, I'm, I'm sure you've had some dark days. Maybe you're in one today. We all have our own battles, and this is where we want to make sure that we don't quit. Don't quit on your own life. God isn't quitting on you. Don't quit. It's okay sometimes if we take a rest and we stop, but you don't ever want to quit on you. You are worth committing to. So maybe you're feeling like you want to give up today. Maybe some battle in your life has taken everything out of you, and you, you're ready to just say, enough, I just don't care anymore. I mean, I get it. Maybe you're even too tired to feel motivated. I get that too. That's why we all need motivation and ongoing inspiration, because life is hard. Now, I've been a psychotherapist for almost three decades now, and it's hard down here, and I don't think it's going to get any easier. But you want to know what makes people's, makes things easier? When you're affecting people's lives positively. When you're affecting your life positively. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Hang in there. We're going to finish this up today. So join me in the next segment. Well, welcome back. You are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you so much for joining me today. Make sure you check out the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. And any of the podcast servers, we should probably be on those that you can find us there. If not, please email me and let me know. We'll see what we can do about getting the show on your favorite podcast server. So we're talking about motivation and inspiration. And I was giving you this short condensed version of one of Winston Churchill's most famous speeches that was never, never, never give in. Never, never, never give up. So I don't want you to quit on you ever. God is not quitting on you. And so this is where we want to think about what are some of the things that can really inspire me? What can I do that inspires myself? And it might be an artistic endeavor, creative endeavor. It might be listening to music might be going out in nature, it might be enjoying your pet, might be talking to, you know, one of your best friends, maybe it's praying, reading devotionals, whatever it is. Do those things that feed your soul. Do those things that make you feel, wow, like some inflation inside of yourself, that you have some inner strength, some some inner guts that can get you to the next moment. So be a part of something meaningful. See, we change the world around us, and we're changed in the process. So we want to make sure that what we're doing is helping people change for the better. Now, we don't have to be perfect. You know, I have my moments, (laughs) obviously. But I really want to make sure that if somebody interacts with me, they walk away feeling better, not worse. I don't want to pass that around. And so I do the best that I can. If that just means being polite, giving somebody a smile, I do that. So this is a, this is a famous saying from Dr. Seuss. I really like it. He says, "I've heard there are troubles of more than one kind. Some come from ahead, some come from behind. But I've brought a big bat. I'm already, you see, now my troubles are going to have trouble with me." I love that. Isn't that great? Now my troubles are going to have trouble with me. What a great way to be assertive over your own life. So what does the Bible say about motivation? Well, again, motivation is defined as that which moves one toward action, that which changes, provokes, or impels our our very being. So the Bible has a lot to say About motivation and the motivation of Christians is supposed to be exactly the opposite of what motivates unbelievers for one thing our sense of motivation or inspiration really does come from God I want you to really really be pressing God for those answers so we don't want our motivation inspiration coming from the world see David spoke about his motivation in Psalms and this is chapter 40 verse 8 it says, I desire to do your will. O oh my God, your law is within my heart. And he goes on later in Psalm 73, verse 25. He says, who have I in heaven but you? And earth has nothing I desire besides you. See, the world's motivated by self and the aggrandizement of self, the, you know, all about me syndrome you know it's identified by self determination, self obsession, self worship. You know and and Christians sometimes get a really they, they get a little bit confused. So when I talk about loving self, caring for yourself, this is about caring for who God cares for. He's depending on you to take care of you. You're with yourself all the time. That's not self-aggrandizing. That's not self-worship. That's me thinking enough about myself that I don't have to think about myself all the time. I'm not getting in my way. So the Bible's wanting to teach us not to be, you know, self-centered. He says, you know, Jesus said, The greatest among you will be the servant, for whoever exalts himself will be humbled, and whoever hum- humbles himself will be exalted. So we are followers of Christ, and we are called to deny ourselves, take up our cross, and follow him. And you know what I have come to find? Interestingly enough, that sometimes taking up your cross is making peace with yourself. Taking up your cross is dying to self in that way that says, I'm going to stop hating myself. I'm going to stop beating myself up. I'm going to stop being my own worst enemy, talking down to myself, refusing to take care of myself. Maybe that's the cross that you have to bear for a while is actually committing to you. So this is really important because Jesus set this example for our motivation in this life. He says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. So Jesus was really concerned with pleasing his father. So we should be motivated with that same concern. He always did the father's will, always motivated to please the father through obedience. And his obedience extended all the way to the cross, right, where he humbled himself And became obedient unto death. So our motivation needs to be the same as his. That the obedience is what we are doing toward God. We are saying to God, how do you want me to obey you? Everybody has different ways. I mean, we have some general ways, obviously, that we obey God. But there are some things that God specifically and uniquely is saying to me that I need to obey. And someone else may not need to. So this is where the Apostle Paul, he's, he talks a lot about motivation. And he says, you know, to endure the suffering he experienced, he says, for, for me to live is Christ. See, it wasn't money. It wasn't fame. It wasn't being the best apostle that motivated Paul. It was living for Christ that superseded everything. And that's Philippians chapter 4, 12 and 13. So our motivation as believers stems From this yearning to have peace with God. How do I have peace with God? I do his will. And when I have his grace as well as hope, right? Then that also inspires me to be the best version of me. So that I can get out of my own way and do God's way. So we really want to think about this. The Christian views life through the lens of the future, being in the presence and the glory of God. That's our hope. That's what we're looking forward to. And we want to be able to stand before him one day and have him say, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into your rest. And so this isn't a performance thing about being perfect. This is about truly loving God and wanting to please him. Truly loving him and giving your life to him. Because when you give your life to him, he gives it back to you better than you've ever had it. And that's our trust. We can trust him. We can trust the one who died for us, right? You can trust him. He knows why he created you. He knows why you're here. He knows why he put you in time and place. We weren't born in the 1700s. We weren't born in the Old Testament times. We were born in 21st century, right? 20th and 21st century. So God chose us to show up now, and there's a reason for that. So we want to be asking God, what is that? How can I live that out in a way that is going to honor you? So this is really imperative when you think about motivation and inspiration, that you want to ask God, how? how what, what motivates me the, the best? What inspires me? And God, why am I here? Why did you create me? What is the point of it all? So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we continue talking about motivation and inspiration. welcome back you're listening to Conversations with Cynthia I'm Cynthia Hyatt thank you for joining me and if you're just tuning in and you missed the first half hour always make sure you can go to the website at CynthiaHyatt.com and listen to the show on your computer you can also go to your favorite podcast server and we are probably on those we are on quite a few of them so if we're not on the one that you usually listen to you can email me and we'll make sure that we, we get the shows on, on that, that uh, particular app So I'm glad that you're tuning in, and I'm glad that you're here with me today, and this is about motivation and inspiration. And how do we stay motivated? How do we stay inspired? And what is that really? And so we left off in the last segment really talking about this idea that it goes back to you knowing your creator and why you were created. Why did he make you? Why did he want you? Why did he put you in time and place when he did? Because one of the things that will help when it comes to motivation and inspiration is knowing why you were created. What's the whole point of it all? What am I doing down here? And so I really took a long time in my life to figure out that I really was supposed to be a psychotherapist. I was not planning on that. I didn't even consider it. I just wanted to be a musician. I wanted to sing. I thought that's what God's call on my life was. And I really had to work through this because I really wanted to perform. I really wanted to sing. I love singing, playing the piano. I love music. And it kind of broke my heart, really, when God was like, no, I gave you that talent, but that's not what I gave it to you for. And I am so thankful that I was willing to really press in and listen to God. I've had the most amazing three decades working with His people over and over and over again and helping them be who God has called them to be. And it is such a privilege to be in people's lives in this way, just as it is a privilege to be talking to you today. And so I really encourage you to trust the One who created you. He knows why He made you. Every person that he has made is valid, is valuable and was planned. So he's got plans for you and you can trust him. He really does know what's going to give you the most fulfillment in your life. So I'm going to, I want to read you something. I want to read you some, some questions that I came up with. And this is, what kind of a person are you? So Are you the kind that lives only to die? Are you the kind that lives to just survive? Are you the kind that lives to have a life? Or the kind that live to get a life? Are you the kind that wants to change your life? Or are you the kind that wants to have a God-inspired life? So I want you to think about those questions because all of us in, at, at one point or another in our life have probably experienced all of these that I've, I've lived to just say, you know, when is this going to be over? And then I feel like sometimes I'm just living, I'm just trying to survive the day I'm in, trying to survive the moment. And sometimes I feel like I don't have a life. I want to go get one. I want to get a different one. And so sometimes... I want to really change my life or change things in my life and I feel inspired to do it. But what I really, really want to do more than anything is have a God-inspired life. Not a Cynthia-inspired life. Not a worldly-inspired life. Not my husband's inspiration for my life. I want to have a God-inspired life. Why am I here and what is the point? I get one life one, and I want to do it well. So this is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and I want you to really be thinking about these questions. What kind of life do you have? What kind of life do you live? Why do you live it? What is the inspiration and the motivation for you to get up every day? What's the point? And I want to really reassure you that God planned you. And he has a plan for you. And he's not mad at you if you haven't done the plan. And he's not disgusted in you. And he doesn't want to, like, wash his hands of you. He really understands you. And he understands all the messing up that you do. He also understands all the successes that you have. And he really wants you to enjoy this one life that you get. It is a gift, and he wants you to truly enjoy it and be inspired by it and inspire and motivate others in the process so that you can know you are of great value and you can trust the one who died for you you're alive for a reason and i want you to claim it this is cynthia high with conversations with cynthia we have one more segment to go hang in there i'll talk to you on the other side of this break Welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm your host, Cynthia Hyatt. Thank you so much for tuning in today. And always I remind you, you can listen to the shows in their entirety on your favorite podcast server, on the website, um, on 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk, that website. They have all the radio shows as well. And so I really encourage you, if you haven't been able to listen to the first part of this that um, you are able to hear the show in its entirety. So we are talking about motivation, inspiration. It's like Wonder Twins, right? Motivation, inspiration. Wonder Twins unite, you know, take form of success. It cracks me up. So you want to think about these two things working together, and they motivate. The motivation is inspiring, and the inspiration motivates me to do something. So you want to make sure that your motivation and inspiration is coming from the true source which is god because he's going to motivate you and he's going to inspire you because he has all the energy in the world and he never sleeps so he can really truly help you continue in the plan he has for you and the whole reason that he created you so i i came across this um this this uh, essay and this is uh, steve job's his, you know, he died this billionaire at age 56, and this is his final essay. Now, there is some contradiction and um, some speculation about whether or not this was really his essay. It doesn't really matter. It's one of the best essays I've ever read, so I don't even, so whoever wrote it, it's super inspiring. So I'm going to read it to you. This is how it goes I reached the pinnacle of success in the business world. In some others' eyes, My life is the epitome of success. However, aside from work, I have little joy. In the end, my wealth is only a fact of life that I'm accustomed to. At this moment, lying on my bed and recalling my life, I realize that all the recognition and wealth that I took so much pride in has paled and become meaningless in the face of my death. You can employ someone to drive the car for you, make money for you, but you cannot have someone bear your sickness for you. Material things lost can be found or replaced, but there is one thing that can never be found when it's lost, and that's life. Whichever stage of life you are in right now, with time you will face the day when the curtain comes down. Treasure love for your family, love for your spouse, love for your friends. Treat yourself well and cherish others. As we grow older, and hopefully wiser, we realize that $300 or a $30 watch both tell the same time. Material things of this world, whether you fly first class or economy, if the plane goes down, you go down with it. So therefore, I hope you realize when you have mates, buddies, and old friends, brothers and sisters who you chat with, laugh with, talk with, sing songs with, talk about north, south, east, west, or heaven and earth, that is true happiness. Don't educate your children to be rich. Educate them to be happy. So when they grow up, they will know the value of things and not the price. Eat your food as your medicine. Otherwise, you have to eat medicine as your food. I love that. Eat your food as your medicine. Otherwise, you have to eat medicine as your food. The one who loves you will never leave you for another. Because even if there are a hundred reasons to give up, he or she will find a reason to hold on. There is a big difference between a human being and being human. Only a few really understand it. You are loved when you are born. You will be loved when you die. In between, you have to manage. And he goes on to say the six best doctors in the world are sunlight, rest, exercise, diet, self-confidence, and friends. Maintain them in all stages and enjoy a healthy life. Never give up. And that comes from Winston Churchill's essay and speech that we read earlier on in the show. Never give up. Don't quit. You can rest. You can pull over, right? And take a breath. But don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on you. You are worth God dying for so remember that when we look at living our values because values give energy intensity and endurance and they oftentimes single-mindedness to a passion that my head feels compelled to justify that's living my values so values are not goals values aren't feelings values aren't outcomes necessarily not always straight paths or logical procedures Values are not in the future, and values are not something that will fail us. They define us. They help us to live our best life. They help us reveal God to the world. So to live a valued life is to act in the service of what you value. This is how we stay grounded, centered, solid, Living my values is oftentimes very painful because it's hard to do. It's, easy, it's, you know, it's a lot easier just to cave and do the easiest thing, right? But living my values is oftentimes painful and maybe due to the fact that I am living in conflict with them or that the world and others are uncomfortable or in conflict with my values. And that is some of what's going on in today's world more than it maybe has ever been at least in in the New Testament times, that we are really having a hard time being able to live regular, normal, what we thought were average Christian values. And so pain is always telling us something. So what is it telling me? What is the pain in my life telling me? It may be telling me that I'm living out my values or, conversely, that I'm living in a way that is in conflict with my values So when you live in conflict with your own value system, it's exhausting, and it's wearing. And it's hard on your self-worth and self-esteem. So ask yourself, what do I need to attend to? Um, The answer is rarely just to relieve the pain. So I say to myself, what is pain asking of me? What is it drawing my attention to? What is it needing? So is pain indicating that adjustments need to be made or that plans need to be reevaluated? Is it growing pains? Or is it the pain of something dying? In this, merely a time of testing, you know, is that what this is right now? Just a time of testing? Or do I need to adjust my expectations? So maybe pain is telling me that reconciliation is in order, or forgiveness is required. Maybe I need to regroup. Maybe I need to go back to the basics. Maybe I need to relaunch in order to not give up. The pain may be within, or it may emanate from without. But maybe it's simply calling for bravery. So this is what I want you to think about. I want you to think about this idea of pain. Because pain really can be oftentimes the greatest motivator. And pain has a voice. It's telling you something. So it's either telling me that I'm doing the right thing and I'm growing. I'm having growing pains. Or it's telling me I'm doing the wrong thing. But I need to listen. And I need to use wisdom. And I need to be a grown-up. And make those grown up decisions that might be painful to make, but in the end is going to save me a lot of pain. So, this is really important that we think about this. So, I'm going to read you these questions that I, I did in the, the, the shorter segment, and I want you to say to yourself what kind of a person are you? Are you the kind of person that only lives to die? You're just waiting to die. Are you the kind of person that just is living, just surviving? Are you the kind of person that lives to have a life someday? You're hoping it's going to happen out there someday? Someday it's coming? Or are you the kind of person that's trying to get a life today? Do you want to change your life? Well, this is what I want you to have. I want you to be the kind of person that has a God-inspired life. That's the most important thing, a God-inspired life. Because he will keep the inspiration going. When I'm doing what God has asked me to do, I have a ton of energy. When I'm doing what Cynthia just wants to do, it's not very inspiring a lot of times. So I want you to really be honing in on your relationship with God. And not worrying about whether or not he's mad at you or disappointed in you or frustrated with you or or you've missed out or you've wasted time. Don't worry about it. Just start today. Get on track today. Say to God, I need to know why you made me. I need to know why I'm here. And if you do know, then you need to say to God, I need more inspiration to keep doing what you have asked me to do. And I want to do it well to the glory of God. And I want it to be a reflection of God, a God-inspired life. So that people can actually draw inspiration from my life because God's inspiring it. And I can draw inspiration from your life because God's inspiring it. So these are really important things when you consider that you get one life and I want you to have the life that God has intended for you to have. And I want you to do it well. So I want you to think about this. I want you to think hard about inspiration and motivation. And how am I using those two qualities to help me do the life that God has designed for me? See, this is where you want to ask yourself, How, how, think about how inspiring martyrs and saints are. Now, I'm thankful that I don't have to be a martyr, <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm certainly not going to be a saint. But wow, those people's lives meant something. And they changed the world. And we changed the world many times, one person at a time. So you can be a change agent for God. And you can do it in your unique way that only you can do. I do it in my way. You're going to do it in your way but you want to really own your way. You want to really own who God made you to be and be that inspiring, motivating person that knows why they are alive. Now, these are hard things. And sometimes, you know, sometimes I know it and sometimes I kind of lose it and I lack some inspiration and motivation. But God is full of inspiration and motivation and he loves you deeply, dearly and is very, very committed to your life, even when you're not. He does not give up. God never gives up. So I'm so glad that you listened today. and I hope this was inspiring for you, and I hope it's motivating for you, and I really do want you to take seriously these questions and really ask God, you know, you planned me, you created me, What's the point? Why am I here? What am I doing? And how, and if you do know, how can I do it better? Well, God bless you today. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thanks so much for joining in and tuning in. And I appreciate all of your feedback on social media. Have a wonderful, blessed, inspired week.